0: Blog Talk Radio. Is my mom here? It's just us. You and us.
1: Who you were in the park with? I don't know names. I got lost. Where did you see the lady? What one, one lady.
2: The female jogger was severely beaten and raped. Every black male who was in the park last night is a suspect. I need all of them.
3: What's going on with my son? Your son was involved in a rape in Central
4: Park. Uh,
3: no, no, no. Wait, no, a minute. no wait a
0: second, wait a second. They saw you
4: rape the lady. I didn't see a lady or hit anyone. I didn't see any lady. Kevin. I didn't
5: see any lady. I want to see my son right now, right now.
0: Whatever you said I did. <laughs>
2: Nothing these boys state matches the central facts of the crime. All we need is for one to tie this whole thing together.
6: These tapes are not as clean as the state would have you believe.
5: There is injustice happening here.
7: There is not one shred of evidence. Imagine the frenzy of these teenagers ripping off her. We tape. are innocent of these crimes. They are guilty.
1: They love us like this.
3: What other way they ever do us?
0: And I I've been having these dreams. Since I, I keep hearing these footsteps. And they come closer and closer.
1: That's me.
8: Come and bring me home.
9: They said if I went along with it, that I could go home. And that's all I wanted. The police will do anything. Lie on us. It will lock us up. It will kill us. This is
0: my
3: life. I don't think we should admit to something that we didn't do. OK, we keep fighting.
10: Ladies and gentlemen of America, this is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. And I'll tell you right now, you may know about it, you may have heard about it, the Netflix special about the Central Park Five, when they see us. And I'll tell you right now, this is something that is going to be discussed. And I got one question, how in the world does this type of injustice happen in America? It's as common as breathing every day. This is AJC Radio, the Central Park Five, the story of injustice. We take off right now. And there you have it. I'm Lamont Banks along with Cliff Stewart, Kendrick Barnes, Sapson Riddle, Dennis Merritt, William Williams, and the entire AJC radio team tonight. And I'll tell you right now, folks, uh, this is a topic of discussion uh, that has to happen. Everybody's buzzing about when they see us, uh, the story of injustice to children, kids uh, that were railroaded by the criminal justice system and an overzealous prosecutor who saw one thing, and that was color. Not the facts of the case, not the facts that would have proven these men to be innocent. Her statement was, for every African-American or black in Central Park at that time, bring them in. They're all suspects. Uh, This is a disgrace to the very system in which we believe or should believe in, but this is why the system is not believed in. You have children being assaulted, beaten, and and really coerced by officers to confess to a crime that they didn't commit. I'm going to get on that on that topic right now. Dennis, your thoughts as we go forward of the importance of really highlighting uh, this story with the Central Park 5.
9: It's definitely important because if you look at it up, uh, that it's just pretty much telling you uh, uh, things that are going on today. I mean, it's it's real. Uh, It's an eye eye opener to see that uh, these young men uh, were treated like adults and then, I mean, turned against each other uh, to get a conviction. And and I mean, it's sad uh, when at any cost, it doesn't matter. uh, It doesn't matter whether you're innocent, doesn't matter about your age. If no one looks at the consequences, the collateral uh, consequences, which you always mention, uh, uh, it's just amazing to me that something like this could ever happen. But I'm so glad. Uh, that somebody took the time and said let's let's get it out there. Let's write a story and, and turn it into a documentary. And I tell you, it's a good one. And it really hurts. I tell you, I cried as I watched it because I couldn't believe how the uh, you know the police officers, the district attorney, how they treated these men. It, it was truly sad. And again, I'm glad we're highlighting it, getting it out there, letting people understand. You better you better really look at our justice system because if they want to prosecute you or indict you, they can do it with ease.
11: Samson. Yeah, I mean, I got to go along with Dennis on this and the fact that, you know, while I was watching it, I mean, the oldest one out of these boys at the time was 16 years old, and they used intimidation factor er, tactics. They used the the kids and their parents' lack of knowledge about the law to basically shoo the parents out of the room, you know, and get these kids one-on-one with grown men. I mean, They're putting words in their mouth. They're beating on them. They're keeping them deprived of food, restroom, water. I mean, they're they're keeping them locked up, basically, from their basic human necessities. Also, they can coerce a confession out of these kids that did absolutely nothing wrong. What's more sickening is the fact is that the DA, like Dennis was talking about, Linda, I think Fairstein is her name, she still maintains that they did the right thing. They had a man come out and confess. And she still says, oh, no, we did the right thing. No, ma'am, you're a racist. You profile these people based on the color of their skin rather than, you know, seeking justice in a case that, yes, a rape case is absolutely horrific for anyone that's ever been involved in it, regardless of where you were at. But the fact of the matter is when you railroad children into basically lying on each other and then trying to get a group conviction, which is what they succeeded in doing, they're, they're detestable.
10: No, no, absolutely. Directed by Ava DuVernay. Uh, I'll tell you what—a class act. If you do your research on on, on Miss DuVernay, this is something. And I heard her speaking. The passion you're going to hear from her tonight as well, uh, talking about what prompted her to push and what her what her focus was uh, in addressing uh, in addressing these issues. So, uh, William, your thoughts on this one? As we uh, live in a country, and there's a lot of controversy right now because of the production of this Netflix story of the Central Park 5. My question to you, William, and give me your thoughts on it. Why is the outrage there? Well, if the if the point is to point out injustice, what are people mad
4: about? Well, you know, this is this is a sad thing about our country. This is one sad thing. We always try to hide the roots of racism. You know, it, this, I mean, it has happened for years. You talk about a country that has been built on slavery, and they try to act like it never existed. They don't want to talk about it during Black History Month. They don't want to talk about it anytime, so it's avoidance. So now when something like this comes to light and it's, it's wide open, it, they see it. They see the fact that the injustice started from the prosecution, uh, the prosecutor basically demanding, demanding, African-American roundup, basically, in the park that night. When when it starts that way, that's that's what people don't want to believe. They don't want to see this. They don't want to see the horror of racism. This is the motivation behind this. When you take these kids and you basically start and just do this roundup and say, all African-Americans that were in the park that night, we want them all. I mean, why? Why? Why is it just because the color of their skin, their ethnic background, they're, they're um, automatically assumed to be criminals, automatically assumed to be those that did this injustice, and in this case, raped this woman who was out jogging, and then you take these kids that are, as Samson pointed out, between 14 and 16 years of age, there have no representation there. Their their parents weren't there, and you see the manipulation of the police and how they're trying to use their influence to get these guys to confess. And so you see that this is a pattern of behavior. We've talked about it for years. It has gone on for years. That's what society, especially here in the United States, does not want to acknowledge, the dirty, ugly side of racism.
0: Kendrick.
4: yeah,
12: uh, I I was very, very saddened when you watch – the, the way that how they see it, like so that's the title came in. But it, it brought back a lot of memories because there's a signature to injustice that goes. It's a thread of it. You see, uh, in in the Central Park Five case, so many things rung true in the IRP Five issue. How they handle evidence. There, it's sad that you don't have to have evidence anymore to prove that a person is guilty or innocent. And it and it that. The U.S. kind of fosters this lynch mob culture. What happened to Miss Miele was horrible. You can't doubt that. But it doesn't mean just get anybody, get anyone, and get the lowest people in society that can't fight for themselves, too young to understand what's going on, and throw them under the justice bus. It, it's it's very sad that this is our country, you know, Cliff. and I wish it was Cliff, your thoughts?
13: Yeah, I mean, this— showcases and highlights the fact that, you know, the statement where the DA says every man of color that was in Central Park that night is a suspect, bring them all in. So it doesn't matter if you were there as a college student. It doesn't matter if you were there as a homeless person. It doesn't matter if you were there, uh, you know, proposing to your girlfriend life is good i'm proposing to be married things are are going great in my life and i choose a beautiful setting like central park or if you're just out for a stroll if you happened to be a black man on that night in central park your life has just been turned upside down and and not because of any great life changing event but because of the racist statements, attitudes, and actions of a DA and those who supported her in the decisions that she made. Where was the mayor? Where was the chief of police? Where was an assemblyman? Where was the city anything? Where was any politician, any community leader that should have come out and said look da you are wrong you have you have made a wrong statement i refute the fact that you say that every black man should be a suspect that any man of color should be a suspect i we we as the city of new york take great offense to that where was that voice that had the authority to shut that statement down and say that is not the way we're going to run the city?" the fact that the that, that culture of law enforcement, of the so-called justice system in that city allowed it to happen and, I mean, destroyed those young men's lives for so long, their families, the whole community. I mean, the the uproar, and even until they were exonerated, still, people saying, no, they're guilty, they're guilty, I don't care if they got out, they're guilty. These are the things that we as American citizens, as voters, that we have to stand up and say, this cannot be done. We cannot have blanket statements like that. Every, if, if that happened to a white man, it, that someone was raped by a white man, every white man in a, a area the size of Central Park is now a suspect, never would have been said. It shows that culture, and, and, and thankfully, some, it has changed now. But it still is, uh, you know, much to be desired as far as making that city in that area and America on a whole a place where justice is given to everyone. Well, I'll
10: tell you right now, the reason the outrage is what it
13: is, the reason people are saying,
10: oh, this is controversial, is because we're living in the in the present day Central Park injustice. There's nothing changed in this country when it comes to the uh, targeting the racial targeting of African-Americans, minorities, that people are dying on our streets or being shot by officers because of the Central Park uh, agenda or environment, if you will. So the controversy is, why are we talking about this? Because it exists today. Hundreds of cases, I guarantee it. Hundreds of people. The mass incarceration in this country, the overcrowding of prisons, people being coerced into plea deals to appease a prosecutor. That's where the outrage is because it has not changed. It has gotten worse since the Central Park 5 situation because now we're filling more body bags today from being targeted as African Americans. Kids are being put to prison from from school to the prison pipeline. That's what's happening. So you want to know why are people so upset? Because we are living in that same time. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot worse happening in America's prisons, and we look at Khalif Browder, a teenager put on Rikers Island for three years, raped, beaten, assaulted, got out, was so scared of what he experienced as a teenager, as an adult, 22, I believe, years old, hung himself outside of the home of his mother's home on an on air conditioning electric cord. Because he feared going back into Rikers Island. You want to know why the outrage is? Because it continues to happen day after day in this country. Tonight we focus on the racism in this country and much of that began. A piece of it started. It already started years before then. But it was highlighted again by the Central Park Five. We're going to address it. We're not going to shy away from it. It is what it is. Racism is alive and well in this country and we as advocates will not sit back and remain silent this is ajc radio the central park five story of injustice continues after this (laughs) for a kid whose mom or dad is in prison life is tough now add a wrongful conviction to that life just got a little bit tougher against wrongful convictions call or just calls today 1855 529 4252 we seek justice for the children as they go to bed at night and mom's not there dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe not because dad or mom did anything wrong because justice could not be found join us for the children for they truly are our future
2: i'm a
3: mother i'm a father i'm a sister
7: a registered nurse i serve my country in the united states military i'm your neighbor i sit next to you at church
5: and my child was arrested held in custody question without my knowledge.
2: Exposed to violence.
5: Witnessed a rape. Placed in
2: solitary confinement.
7: Unable to call or see me. Shackled to a wall. Beaten.
2: Sentenced as an adult at age 17.
7: Sentenced as an adult at age 16. Sentenced as an adult at age 15. We felt lost. Isolated. Ostracized. Mm -hmm. Misjudged. Terrified. And in the absence of all hope, my child took his own life. And then I found the Alliance for Youth Justice. They gave me the support and resources to get through one of the most difficult times in my life. Now I know I'm not
3: alone. And neither are you.
7: Now we have a voice. Now we
2: We have power.
3: power. In numbers.
2: In numbers. In numbers.
14: numbers, We we can can make a
0: difference.
8: There are approximately 2 million children in the juvenile and criminal justice system in this country. These are the faces of those families. If you are the family member of a child who has been in the justice system, or if you are someone who supports this movement and is ready to make a difference, visit the Campaign for Youth Justice at www.campaignforyouthjustice.org.
14: a barred police officer who shot and killed a man. When
15: I first saw the Oscar footage, like a lot of people here in Oakland, I was outraged. As soon as I heard about it and I went online and I seen what had happened, tears came down my eyes
3: something that was very alarming as a police officer and as a citizen of Oakland.
4: It was like such a blatant murder.
3: You have a city in Providence. Anyone that seen that and looks at it is in trauma.
9: My hope is that people will express their concern with police brutality, but they will do so in constructive ways that don't include
5: violence. We cannot perpetrate this
4: cycle of harm and
5: violence in this community. Because we do have to live here and they terrorize the city and it's only going to make it worse for us. They killed our young no you, can, you, can. you can protest, you can try to make a change, but there is a positive way you can do it. And
2: make
3: sure we let the police know and that we're aware that stuff ain't right out here.
7: We're trying to fix it. In a way that is about Using your voice for justice. And making Oakland a safer place for everyone to live and get along as
5: one. Violence is not justice. Violence is not justice.
3: Violence is not justice.
1: Violence is not justice.
9: We know you care.
0: Now it's time. Time to change the face of justice.
7: Did you know that minority and youth participation in juries is extremely low to non existent
5: The incidents of youth and minority offenders faced with trials
2: have exploded. Youth and minorities are not being represented as they should be.
3: We must represent for people to get fair trials.
5: If you acquire a state ID or driver's license, it allows you to register to vote. And it allows you to become eligible for jury service.
14: If you're 18, a U.S. citizen with a state
9: ID or driver's license, and registered to vote, you're eligible to be called for jury duty.
7: If called and selected, make it your duty to serve. We can't get justice without
3: you. Change. 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 Change the
7: face of justice.
4: Check your local county or state jury service website for further details.
10: They're known as the Central Part Five. And I'll tell you right now, folks,
0: these
10: men, these men, and at that time were kids, were going through a huge situation that really altered their life forever. And I'll tell you right now, folks, this is something that is not some productions per se, because what we're talking about tonight happened. It is real. As real as I'm sitting here tonight, and as real as If you listen to these folks tell their story of injustice, it is heartbreaking. And I go back to the point we made earlier. These were kids. These were not well-rehearsed criminals. They were children. It is critical that you understand that if this happens If this can happen to these kids, this type of bigotry, this type of racism has made its way into our court system. This bias is not simply restricted to the Central Park Five. It happens every day in this country, every single day. But tonight, let's focus on these guys, the outstanding job. Ava DuVernay did on this documentary. You're going to hear from her as well, but this is something that, you know what? We don't, we don't need to turn and look the other way. And that's what people want to do in this country. Well, well let's, why are we talking about it? And I've heard people say this before. Why are people still talking about race? But you're not black. You're not minority. What do you mean, why are we still talking about it? alive and well in this country. I don't know what else has to happen. Central Park 5 brings us to the realization that, be honest with you, if you look through a lens very clear, that things haven't changed. If you look at the civil rights movement in this country. If you look today at this country, the lady said to me on a plane when all these African Americans were getting shot by cops. You know what they said? She said to me on the plane headed to Washington, D.C., When I turn on the news now, I'm not sure whether I'm in 2016 or the 1960s. This is a white woman that told me that. She said, I cannot believe what I'm seeing in this country. So to all the folks that feel like, why are we still talking about something that happened so many years ago with these young men? Young men now, kids then. Because nothing has
9: changed.
4: Now...
10: People will say, well, that's not really true. That's a stretch, Lamont. That's really, that's really pushing it. People continue to die in this country from bigotry and racism that we heard from this prosecutor. Round up? Last time I looked, round up was rounding up, rounding up cattle. At least when the term was used. Round up the blacks. You know how big Central Park is? You know the population of New York? You know the population of that area? Round them up. As Cliff alluded to, I could have been in Central Park. Central Park is a uh, really a national treasure. It's a place tourists go all over the country to go to Central Park. I'm sitting here proposing to have an ice cream cone with my fiancé or whoever but I'm a suspect in a brutal rape because I'm black. And I'm going to tell you right now, when the justice system crosses the line and doesn't even see children, and you still pursue this type of treatment of kids, don't tell me we have the best system in the world tell that to the Central Park five who went behind the wall as kids and were raped brutally raped behind the wall but you want to tell me that we have the greatest system in the world wake up we don't America we do not and until we face it that we don't We'll never seek answers to fix it if we think we have the greatest system. This is why the pattern of abuse, the abuse of power, all the things that we're talking about continues to go on. Let's hear a little bit about the Central Park Five, a cautionary tale of injustice. Take a listen.
2: Thirty years ago, the case of the Central Park Five shook New York City to its core. Today, it stands as a cautionary tale of injustice, as Maurice Dubois explains.
0: Kevin Ligerson,
3: 44 years old. Corey Wise. Raymond Santana. Yusuf Salaam, uh, 45 years old. Um, Antron McCray. Five
16: men, connected in a way few of us could ever imagine. Is there a day or a week or a month that goes by when you don't think about the whole episode that brought you together? It's every day, constantly.
3: Probably my my second or third thought. Even our conversation is different. It's not normal. Our conversation would be about prison, how we had to survive in prison. You've just met the Central Park Five,
16: a name they came to share 30 years ago after a young white woman named Trisha Miley Went for a jog in New York's Central Park.
4: It was a brutal attack on a 28 year old woman jogger.
16: She was dragged down the bushes where she was beaten and sexually assaulted. The attack was an outrage
0: not be
16: and became a media sensation. Investigators quickly focused on a group of black and Hispanic boys who were in the park that night.
13: Police say the gang of attackers was actually just half of a wolf pack of some 33 kids committed some seven other
6: muggings earlier that night. We are announcing the arrest for four males, all between 14 and 15 years of age. Let them throw. Let them
16: Eventually, the five teenagers were tried, convicted, and imprisoned for the crime they maintained they did not do.
8: All we need is for one to tie this whole thing together.
16: The story of how the boys were charged and years later cleared of that notorious crime is the subject of a new Netflix miniseries by the Oscar-nominated writer-director Ava DuVernay. What was your starting point for this
2: story? My goal was to humanize boys and now men who are widely regarded as criminals. And in doing that, to invite the audience to re-interrogate everyone that they define as a criminal.
16: The series is called When They See Us. And DuVernay contends that what is seen all too often in criminal cases is race.
2: I'm asking the question to everyone. What do you see when you see black boys? And that's a painful answer because I know what, um, what the answer is for many people. It's exactly what these boys were called. wolf packs, animals, criminals, um, so much so that they could be tossed aside on a case that was made from a complete lie.
3: Kevin, Antron, and Raymond saw you messing around with the lady.
0: Who who said that?
16: In the series, as in life, only two of the five teenagers even knew each other. But during interrogation, they say police coerced them to create stories implicating one another.
7: Who are you
4: talking about?
7: The lady in the park.
4: And see a lady or hit anyone.
7: Raymond saw you hit her! It was
16: Raymond. The men who lived through it say the reality was even worse. As
3: soon as we get in, they separate us and they start working on us. And I'm hearing Corey being physically beaten in the next room. And I'm immediately beyond afraid.
9: At the time, my mom, she suffered from a stroke. She had diabetes, and she left. And that was their time to get on me. And what happened? What didn't happen?
10: We're 14, 15, and 16-year-old kids. Never been in trouble with the law. Never had no police contact. These are seasoned veterans. This fight
3: was fixed. I just kept telling the truth at first. They asked to speak to my father. My father left the room with them. Came back in the room, he just changed. Cursing, yelling at me. And he said, tell these people what they want to hear so you go home. I'm like, Dad, but I ain't doing do anything. The police yelling at me. The father yelling at me. And I just like, all right. Um, I did it. Mm-hmm. I looked up to my father. He's my hero.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But he gave up on me. You know, I was telling the truth. He just told me a to lie.
16: Did you ever make peace with your father?
3: No. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to. Mm-hmm. My life was ruined. Wash it up. He's a coward. Let me tell you right
5: now for you, okay? This is
16: very, very
2: serious.
16: None of the five ever admitted to committing the rape, but they did confess to being there.
8: You know that
6: other
16: people said that you did. Oh, I done, I did. They blamed each other, damning admissions, even in the absence of physical evidence.
6: No blood on their clothing. The semen doesn't match. The DNA tests come back negative. There's nothing that links these boys to the crime.
16: All were found guilty. Four of the five served about seven-year sentences as juveniles, refusing early parole because it required admitting guilt. But the oldest of the group, Corey Wise, served time as an adult. In his 13th year in prison, Wise had a chance encounter with another inmate that would change the lives of all the men convicted of the rape.
2: The resolution of this whole tragedy um, came from something that I don't believe has happened since. It's a coincidence that borders on miracle.
16: Matias Reyes spotted Wise in a prison yard.
3: He's just talking to me. Why are you still here after all these years? I guess so
16: they'd met years before and he began to feel guilty that Wise was still in prison for a crime Reyes had committed.
3: He saw Corey and was like,
16: he's still here? I gotta tell the truth. Reyes confessed that he alone committed the rape, offering details about the crime that only the assailant would know. His DNA was a match and the men were exonerated. The city of New York eventually agreed to a $41 million settlement, about a million dollars for each year of imprisonment. Did the money make it better?
10: We were able to relocate, put our children in better situations. Besides
9: that, no, no amount of money could have given us our time. back. Is there a life lesson
16: for what you've been through?
9: Truth.
3: I preach to my kids, Just tell the truth, be true to who you are, honestly. Last time I lied, got me seven and a half years. It's mm-hmm. something I didn't do.
9: Heartbreaking.
10: Don't get it. The steps taken... How do you sleep at night? Linda Linda, Ferstein, the prosecutor in this case, how do you sleep at night? The judge in this case, how do you allow a conviction in your courtroom to stand? The judge has the power in any conviction or proceeding, to set aside the verdict of a jury in the interests of justice. Not the case here. Kendrick, when you hear that, it breaks my heart. I mean, you said no amount of money. Can fix this. The time lost. What are your thoughts when you
12: hear this? I mean, they did the full sentence. I mean, to them, they they suffered. That's one thing you can't you can't convey inside of a, a movie. Is each minute and second, and hour and day that they're away from their family that they wish they could be home, that they could that they could just freely walk down to the corner store that they could eat what they want. I mean, that's, that's the stuff you can't really give a person to understand what they went through, not losing their life for something they didn't do. So you you can't pay that back. Yeah. The money get yet yeah, probably helping them, but they have memories and scars and things that are going to go with them the rest of their life. You can't get that back. So I can understand. I don't understand. I, I understand how they feel, but I don't understand when it feels like they don't deserve uh, the settlement that they that they have. They deserve every penny of it because you cannot give back that horror show that they went through, a personal nightmare that most people, I mean, I have to commend that a 14 and six year old kid survived that. I mean, that they didn't try to end their life and, like, you know, I can't take this no more because you're, you, you're, your view of the world, you woke up to it too early you You saw racism at a young age and injustice at a young age when you- you didn't even understand what justice or anything really is fully and It's just a sad comment i mean it really does sadden me that they had to go through that and it, that they have to go through that and suffer just so people can really clearly see that you know we have a problem here in this justice system that needs to be corrected and this goes I believe it
10: speaks to that we did this a show on this before on the disracial disparities in, in our criminal justice system. Had those, number one, a group of white men would have never been brought in at the rape of an African-American woman in Central Park. Let's just keep it real. You're not, well, and with, with the attention being what it is, and no disrespect to the victim who suffered what she suffered. She's an innocent victim. Make no mistake about that. But to compare the two, this is the disparities we talk about in this country. Turn the page back and let it be an African-American woman in Central Park lying, beaten, and raped. What do you think the response would have been? Would there have been an urgency to round up every white person in Central Park would it never happen. You know that's not gonna happen. How sick is this society? How sick has this country become? But we wanna cry and say, Equal justice applies to all of us. We're not in the sixties anymore. We are worse. Because now bigotry hides behind a black robe in a courtroom. Bigotry is on the name tag on the desk of prosecutors. But they are dressed in suits and business dresses and business suits. <laughs> they wear a badge. At least back When racism was what it was, they were clear of who they were. They'd tell you straight up, I don't like black people, and they used different expletives to announce that. But now the danger of our society today with this type of thing, we are in law offices. We're in government buildings. We are in courtrooms. We hide behind a mask
0: of justice. There is none.
10: There is none. Can we not admit
4: that? We must admit it. William, you know, I, I was sitting here thinking. <laughs> the, the way racism is today, and you, you touching on it, is the lure of I help. It's this it's trying to win the you know, I I understand, the sympathetic uh, side of it. And then then they turn around and stab you in the back. And I was thinking about this, you know, you hear hear the the clip and you think about the innocence of a child, you think sitting there, you're fourteen years old, you're being dealt with like an adult, you're being treated in such a harsh way, and you don't know why you don't know why i mean those kids may have not even experienced open racism they never they may not may have not even been called a a racial name you know what i'm saying these are all experiences and for the first time they're they're thrown into this and, and the and the racist the racial tones and the and the impact that will they will have for the rest of their life as as Kendrick had pointed out no money, no money can buy and take away that pain or, or replace the feelings, the emotions, the experiences that they went through at 14, 15, and 16 years of age. At 16 to be tried as an adult, and I believe he served 13 years, 14 years. Yeah. 14 years. I mean this is, this is incredible, and that, to the point that you're making, it's all with a racial motive, racism on the bench racism trying to prosecute you they already know that you can't you may not be able to make bail so they come up with this plea system trying to trying to sell this this is your this is your only way out plead yep. say you're guilty and then to think about and I I didn't catch the gentleman's name whose father you know turn, than, uh, yeah you know what I'm saying I uh-huh. mean that experience and to, to think about the picture that they painted to his father For his father to turn on him You see all this psychological stuff All The whole motive is race Racism Well the
10: collateral damage of injustice He never mended things With his father yeah. He felt betrayed yeah. By his father See this is what we're talking about You think because you make a decision As they made here a rush to judgment without any evidence to support it. You destroyed a family. A father and a son's relationship was destroyed because you decided to go after five kids in a park.
4: Help me with that. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to think about this. And, 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 the thought that just came to my mind, we were talking about why society is, is reacting the way it is. We just saw a few years ago the Stanford
0: rape case.
4: Mm. Now you now you take another situation. Here, now this is – years years have gone by. Here is, a, here is a, a, a white male goes to a reputable school. He rapes this girl, leaves her behind a dumpster. He gets six months. Mm. Six months. This is the problem that we're dealing with in our country. See now that right there, Brian Banks, another example, was lied on. Spent five years of, if I if I remember correctly, and the woman came back and said you know basically confessed that she lied on it. But here you're talking about this disparity, how mm. how African Americans, how minorities are being treated by the system of this country, and then they wonder why. That is the bulk of the population in prison, and why the the sentencing disparities are so much more.
10: Well, to to the point you make, William, which is a good one.
4: To the Stanford?
10: Right. Right. Where was the outrage? The judge said he didn't want to ruin this guy's future. Why? And he raped this white woman, correct, left her on the side of a dumpster. But you go after five kids, and you wonder why there's no faith in the system? That's right. Where was the outrage after the news media reported what this man got? It wasn't the outrage that I'm seeing with the Central Park Five.
12: Or the term affluenza when a child, he driving drunk, kills his friends in the car. He's too rich to know that he did wrong. That would never be given to a minority, especially a black person.
10: Not, none of, none that, of that. But none of that, the reality of where some of these kids come from, and it's not all African-Americans. It's not all blacks. Some of these blacks come from middle, middle-class homes. Some come from uh, – but we have issues in this country in very poverty-stricken areas where African-Americans are. But to that point, which is a good one, where was the outrage then? It's on the news today. They talk about it for a few days. But how long did you drill that the Central Park Five were guilty before one shred of evidence was heard? Kids, that's why you heard in the little clip of the show. Who is Thomas whoever he called the guy's name? He said, who is that? Well, they said they saw you do it. This is a mental torture of abuse.
7: To kids, do you understand
11: that? And Lamont, the, the sad thing is about that, dude, the, the tactics that you're talking about they use lying to children and stuff like that, lying to people that are, you know, th- that have been arrested and stuff like that. I mean, this case set the precedent for DAs, prosecutors, police officers, and stuff like that to do things like this. I mean, it became You know, again, the standard, you know, mode of operations for them to get them in there, get them separated and start lying to them and point them at each other. Um, I was reading an article just this last week where they said that this case, Fairstein's case against the Central Park Five is what, again, it just, it empowered them and emboldened them. And to your point, you know, like we're talking about the Stanford rate versus, you know, I think the, the young man you were talking about, William, he was actually like, he had a bright future ahead of him. He was a great student. He was a student athlete. About to get a full ride to to a reputable um, college for playing ball, but because of the color of his skin, and somebody deciding to lie on him, like what happened with the Central Park Five, his his future was ruined. I mean, when when did judges and prosecutors get so elevated that they can decide whose future is worth more than another's? You know, just, just because I'm a white male doesn't mean I have any more potential than anybody who has a skin color darker than mine. And the the, the fact of the matter is there's there's too much of this out here. It's like, why, why do people constantly think they're better? And I and to your point, the lady that said that she feels like they're back in the '60s because of the things that are going on. I could not agree more with that lady because the fact of the matter is, is racism is alive and well. It just hides behind a smiley mask. Well, no, what?
10: without question, and I'll tell you this right now, uh, this is this is something that continues. As you do the homework and do your homework, folks. Go check out. Go listen to these interviews. Go talk to people who were affected, and there's an outrage, and this is getting national, if not worldwide, notoriety because one thing, people are responding differently. Why? Did we hit a nerve in America that racism, as much as we try to hide it, as much as we try to say, well, we're doing better now? Well, Dr. King did some things. He accomplished stuff. We're okay. We're not okay. Right now, let's take a listen really quick. Central Park Five prosecutor under fire after Netflix series releases. Let's
8: hear it. A former prosecutor at the Center of New York's notorious Central Park Five rape case faces very strong backlash after the release of a hard-hitting Netflix series. Linda Fairstein stepped down from the boards of a college and a nonprofit charity. She was the top Manhattan sex crimes prosecutor when five teenagers were wrongfully convicted following the 1989 attack on a female jogger. CBS This Morning Saturday co-host Michelle Miller has covered the Central Park Five for years and joins us with this latest turn of events. Michelle, good morning to you.
7: Good morning. Many are hearing about this case for the first time because of the series When They See Us. Linda Fairstein is played by Felicity Huffman, a role filmed before Huffman admitted to participating in the college admission scandal. She's seen as a single-minded prosecutor convinced of the young men's guilt. They brutally raped a woman and discarded her like a piece of garbage. When They See Us revisits Manhattan's Central Park 5, a case which drew national headlines in 1989. It focuses not only on the black and Latino teens who were accused of attacking and raping a female investment banker, but also on the woman who helped successfully convict them, Prosecutor Linda Fairstein. These kids were on a rampage. The accused later said they were coerced into confessing.
3: These young men were the proxies for all kinds of other agendas.
7: Sarah Burns produced and directed a 2012 documentary about the case. I think a lot of people now with the new series are coming to this
2: story and learning about what happened, and it makes people upset. I
4: didn't see a lady or hit anyone.
7: Raymond saw you hit her! It was Raymond. The city of New York reached a $41 million settlement with the five in 2014, years after another man confessed, linked to the crime by DNA evidence. Since the Netflix series debut last Friday, the backlash against Fairstein, now an author, has exploded. The hashtag CancelLindaFairstein trended on Twitter, and more than 75,000 people signed an online petition calling for a boycott of her children's books and mystery novels. Raymond Santana left jail a free man. We interviewed Raymond Santana one of the Central Park Five after his exoneration. What do you say to the people out there who just don't believe you're innocent? Yeah, these people have their mind
14: fixated on us being guilty. We have tried everything we possibly could to prove our innocence, and our evidence has been proven.
7: Santana now tells TMZ that Fairstein deserves the scrutiny she is now getting.
14: And even though it's 30 years later, she has to pay for her crime.
7: In the wake of the miniseries release, Fairstein has resigned from Vassar College's Board of Trustees, as well as the board of the victim service agency, Safe Horizon. In a letter to the agency's chairman, she says the show depicts me in a fictionalized version of events in a grossly and maliciously inaccurate manner. I think in part why this is directed
2: more at Linda Fairstein is that she has remained steadfast in her belief in the guilt of the Central Park Five.
7: In a statement to CBS this morning, Fairstein's lawyer said the series director, Ava DuVernay, ignored the vast majority of readily publicly available material about the case, all in the name of fabricated sensationalism. DuVernay declined our request for comment.
8: Well, Ava DuVernay was here at the table before the the series came out, and and it's very clear about all the research she had done, all the interviews that she personally conducted herself. And when you talk to the Central Park Five, and you hear their story. Their story and I asked them individually, does this film represent what happened to you all? And they said it's eerie how how dead on and how right they said Ava got
6: this. Piece. And if you're wondering what Fair Sign thinks about the case, she talked to the New Yorker back in two thousand two about the investigation and she said things like a kid would say something like, a dark-skinned guy who lives on 102nd Street, and these detectives would go out and find him. I think it was one of the most brilliant police investigations I've ever seen. Which,
7: by the way, is exactly how it's depicted in that Netflix yeah. documentary. They were exonerated You looked for an apology, at the very least, or owned your decision. But she says she has nothing to
2: apologize yeah. for. That's the, yeah. that's
7: that's the that's point. But yeah, this yeah, is that's... really a lesson. It is a lesson about the, pa- the, the yeah. power of justice in the hands Of those who have it, the police, the prosecutors, the public defenders, and the judges. She called it
6: brilliant twice in that interview. We'll have much more on this, I think. Not the the end. Michelle, thank you very much.
10: Well, there you have it. Linda Ferrstein says the conduct. Of the investigation, the officers, their behavior and their investigation was brilliant. Brilliant that you beat up kids to get a confession. Brilliant that you swear, you use profanity, and you use fear tactics to get a confession. Brilliant. Brilliant. That you make the statement to round up every black in Central Park, they are a suspect. Brilliant?
4: I say completely ignorant.
10: Ms. Fairstein, wherever you might be tonight, you are a disgrace. That's true. There's nothing else to say. And to this day, After exoneration, you still believe you have no business working in any type of law or officer of the court position ever again. You have no reason to be teaching children at any university, young adults at any university, period. You have no credibility. If you can call this brilliant, you are sick in the most ugliest way. This is AJC Radio. We're coming back and joining us, Joe Gray. He's a contributing editor at thegryo.com. He's contributing editor there. He's written on various criminal and social justice issues for years, including... The Central Park Five case. We're going to hear from him, his thoughts after this. This is AJC Radio, the Central Park Five, the injustice that shook a nation. We'll be right back.
1: Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering A Just Cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call A Just Cause at 855-529-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A Just Cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall.
6: Look, right now, uh, while you're looking at this on your screen, in your hand, or on your computer, there's somebody just like you who's sitting in a prison cell. And they didn't do much more than you did, you know, some crazy weekend. You didn't get caught. They got caught and they can never get uncaught. The United States of America is now the number one incarcerator of human beings in the world, in the history of the world. Uh, We have about 5% of the world's population. We have 25% of the world's prisoners. Um, we We have more people locked up than China, China who has a billion people, they got fewer prisoners than we do. You know, a lot of times people say, well, if you don't want to do the time, don't do the crime. Really? Have, have you ever committed a crime? You got people who are doing more drugs in on college campuses and uh, uh, yacht clubs, country clubs. We all know that's going on, but the SWAT team never shows up there. The SWAT team shows up in the housing projects where you got poorer people doing fewer drugs and those people go to prison. But think about it. What if one of the times when you were breaking the law, when you had something illegal in your pocket, in your car, at your party, the police had kicked in those doors, would you want to be known for the rest of your life based on what happened that night? That is what is happening to millions of people. If rich folks' kids get in trouble, they go to rehab. poor folks' kids get in trouble, they go to prison. And you spend $100,000 per year per kid to lock a kid up. When you could have spent a fraction of that and turned them into a NASA scientist, turned them into a a fashion icon. When people come home from prison, they're not given the opportunity to start over. You leave a physical prison and you go into a social prison where you can't get a job, you can't get a student loan, you can't rent an apartment. How are people supposed to start over? And what happens to neighborhoods when you take a disproportionate number of people out minor offenses and you send them back home with no hope and no opportunity. There are no more excuses to have this horrible system continue when there is now finally bipartisan agreement that it is a tragedy to do this. Not only do you have President Obama and the Democrats, you now actually have a people like Paul Ryan coke industries newt gingrich all saying the same thing we are locking up too many people we're wasting too much money we're we're wasting too much genius in america and it's time to do something
17: how often does our justice system get it wrong convicting innocent people of crimes they did not commit 873 defendants exonerated, nearly half were wrongly convicted of murder, and of that group, 101 were sentenced to death. On average, it took more than 11 years for a conviction to be set aside. Why does the justice system get it wrong? In homicides, the biggest problem is perjury and false accusation, most often by supposed eyewitnesses. False convictions in adult rape cases are primarily based on mistakes by eyewitnesses, while false convictions in child sex abuse cases Are often for fabricated crimes that never occurred. 2,000 exonerations may seem small in a nation with more than 2.3 million people behind bars, but there are far more false convictions than the report contains. Most false convictions are never formally challenged, and those convictions that are successfully overturned receive little or no attention from the media, according to the report's authors.
10: Ladies and gentlemen, this is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. And tonight, let me paint a picture for you, if I may. You're sitting at home one evening, and your children, your son, your daughter, says to you, Mom, I'm going to go outside for a while and meet up with some friends and kind of do what kids do, only to find out hours later that you are in a literal nightmare. You have officers in a room and a table with your son or daughter telling them what they have done in commission of a crime. You've come in and your son or your daughter is crying. I didn't do it. Mom, help me, please. Dad, help me. Confused and not really knowing what's going on. How would you feel? Would you be outraged and upset that your son or your daughter has endured such conduct? The Central Park Five were in a room without their parents. And the abuse of power was in effect by police officers telling them they had raped and beat a jogger in Central Park. I'll tell you right now, no need to go there as far as a possibility. What I'm talking about tonight with the Central Park Five is a reality. The series on Netflix, When They See Us, a story told and shared at a time when when it needed to be. And I'll tell you right now, the story needs to be told. And tonight we tell that story in part. Uh, but right now we're joined. We're going to be joined by Joe Gray, contributing editor. Uh, I'll tell you what this young man has dealt with issues specifically with the central park five case we're going to get his thoughts on this production uh that is shaking a lot of people up but needing to be told so desperately joe are you with us good evening how you doing doing well thank you so much joe for joining us tonight and being a part of this program uh and and to share your thoughts as as We've been talking on this show, the Central Park Five situation, uh, a really serious thing as we look at the injustice that occurred here. I, I'll give you the floor, Joe. Introduce yourself and tell us your thoughts as we get into this conversation.
14: Hi. Good evening, everybody. Uh, our host tonight uh, calls me Joe Gray, which is fine. My byline, you'll see me riding all over the place uh, as Madison Gray, so it's, it's fine to, okay. to call me that, too. <laughs> but. Um, okay. Thanks for having me on. Um, I really uh, appreciate uh, uh, the time to come on and talk about uh, the uh, the issue here. I've um, been writing about the Central Park Five uh, here and there uh, for a few years now. My, my first chance to, to actually write about them is when I talked to four of the five uh, while I was still working for Time Magazine um, a few years ago. Um, and uh, I sat down with them. They, they, they told me their story um, and I wish I could have you know, put everything they told me in, in the print because it was really, really jarring uh, what they told me. It was around the time that Ken Burns' documentary on them had come out. Uh, and um, when I did the research as, as to what happened to them, you know, I was, I got to say, I was, I was beyond shocked. Uh, and it wasn't a news story. Um, they, uh, at that point, were all out of jail. Um, a lot of them had gone on with their lives, um, got married, had children, things like that. Uh, but they were still uh, involved uh, in this case, and they were still trying to get, you know, justice for themselves and mm-hmm. clear their names. Um, and uh, they were still in the midst of dealing with the city of New York, which eventually um, awarded them uh, forty-five million. I'm sorry, forty-one million dollars in, in damages. Uh, but they were still trying to get their story out. Um, because New York was a city that had turned on them and their families, really. Um, They had prosecuted them in court, but also prosecuted them in the court of public opinion um, for for years. They spent their young lives, you know, with everybody thinking that they were guilty of a terrible, terrible crime. Um, And a lot of people invested a lot in their guilt. And when it turned out mm-hmm. that they were not guilty, that they had nothing to do with that awful crime, um, there was still more controversy. Uh, there were still mm-hmm. people insisting that they were guilty, that they made confessions, and things like that. So fast forward yeah. to just this past month, uh, Ava DuVernay um, brings out a masterful dramatization of their story on Netflix. And if you haven't seen it, I, I really recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um And it tells their story basically the same way they told me. Um, And what it does is bring out exactly what happened to to them, because these were kids. They were teenage boys when this happened to them. Um, And they were locked in a system that not only targeted them, but victimized their families. Okay? Uh, Mm -hmm. There was a lot of legal wrangling. There was a lot of media wrangling. And the truth is, there were even prosecutors who built their careers on this case. Uh, so now there's so much discussion of this, um, and I'm glad that the discussion is happening because this not only allows us to take a, take a look at this case, but the broader criminal justice system and what happens when people are vulnerable um, especially um, people in communities of color And they're beholden to a, a justice system That has never really served them the way it has served well, the broader the broader population
10: No, absolutely right And uh, Joe, I'll tell you what um, I did have the opportunity uh, Our hosts here have, have had the opportunity to re- look at this It is the most heartbreaking thing i have ever seen and when i sit back and we were talking about uh, the prosecutor linda fairstein uh making the statement that what the police officers did in this case was brilliant I, i i am at a loss as an advocacy organization we see injustice every day but And I explained, as we were talking earlier, as we began to talk around the table here, that the reason people are outraged and people get upset now on one side, you have people calling uh, really outraged with this prosecutor to say, what did you do? But you have it on both sides. Then you got the folks that say, well, we're over that. It wasn't that bad. These guys, and they're still saying they're guilty. Through exoneration, you're still because nobody wants to eat this mistake. And I don't. Let me take that back. Not a mistake. This willful act of abuse of power. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to own that. What are your thoughts on that? As we look at this, and it's going to again, the conversation is going to get uh, deeper and deeper as we dig into this. What are your thoughts on that? On the words of this prosecutor, and what well, kind of for, damage does that, does that do to a nation?
14: Well. Um uh, maybe about two weeks ago, um, I, I wrote a story for thegrio.com that sort of catches us up with this prosecution team. Um, and there are several people in, in, in that story that I, I had to do some research on wh- where they are. And I discovered that Linda Fairstein, of course, successful published author, you know, author um, writing crime crime novels all these years. Um, Elizabeth Letterer, um, up until recently. Very fairly recently, she was, she's um, at Columbia teaching law and is still um, a, um, a Manhattan D.A. Um, there are several you know, pieces to, to this puzzle. Linda Fairstein yeah. last week wrote, a, wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, sticking to her guns basically, saying she says wow. that she agreed that since um, Matthias Reyes came forward and, and presented evidence you know, that eventually allowed them to be exonerated, she agreed that the sentence be vacated. But she still says, basically, they had something to do with it, you know, that they re- still ran with this with, with this guy, or they were in the park and they were part of this, based on what was confessed. But there are documents uh, that have been released by the New York City Law Department that that show no evidence at all that the Central Park Five and Matthias Reyes were connected in any. Further, it says that. Matthias Reyes, you know, all the evidence shows that Matthias Reyes did this alone as he confessed in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, Linda Fairstein and some and quite a few of the others are insistent that, no, these confessions should have been enough to prosecute them. And they're saying that they're right. Donald Trump, if I can invoke his name, you know, if you remember, took out an ad at the time in 1989, all but calling. For these five young men to face the death penalty,
0: right? right he
14: took out an ads in the New York Times and several New York City newspapers, hundreds of thousands of dollars on it, you know, because of, so, he joined the anger and the and the, and the fervor of, over this. Today, so, April Ryan um, of American Urban Radio Networks asked President Trump in a press conference, "Will you apologize to Central Park Five He was he basically said, "Listen, the two prosecutors are still sticking to it, so we'll just leave it at that." So he's not even willing to come out and say I was wrong about this.
10: A question on that, Joe, it it seems like to me uh, the environment in the in the country uh, back then, I think you have a and again, this is no excuse. I'm I'm appalled at the uh, the actions of what took place here by this prosecutor. Uh, I believe it's an ego issue. Uh, People rush to judgment is what they did here. The last thing you you get from prosecutors, some of them, there have been some that I have heard have come forward and said, you know what, we got this wrong, we didn't we didn't do this quite right. Um, but this is something I heard during proceedings at, at some hearings that I had attended, and this is maybe this makes sense once I tell it. I'll get your thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. The, ju- the jury was told in a pretrial. Uh, Uh, not pre-trial, but it was once the trial began, at the onset of the trial, the statement is made by the judge that the public has a higher regard for the office of the prosecution of the government because of the prestige that comes with the office. And I was in a situation where They were asking questions of potential jurors, and they said, how many people believe that the defendant is guilty? This is – there's been no evidence. There's been no witnesses. There's been nothing done at all. You know, every hand in the room, Joe, went up, every hand. So my question to you is this. If the system is designed to give and put in the mind of a juror, about the prestige of the office of the prosecutor, how then does a defendant stand a chance when the defense is not looked at in anything as far as in a prestigious way? Does that set the tone for any type of proceedings? I
13: would believe well, that happened
14: in this case. Well, you have to take it back 30 years and look at New York, the environment in New York at the time in 1989, mm-hmm. and the Manhattan DA's office. All right. Now, I'll admit, you know, full disclosure, I was not there. I was a kid myself at, at the mm-hmm. time. I'm, about, I'm roughly the same age as, as the Central Park Fives themselves. Okay. Um, um, but when I do my research and look at this, New York City was a very high crime city. Um, mm-hmm. There was an environment of just fear of, of criminals, and there was a huge demand to do something about it. All right. Um, Ed Koch was the outgoing mayor. Um, okay. and, I'll, and I'll just I'll just bluntly say it. He was terrible with crime. You know he only did, mm-hmm. you know protected the wealthy in New York City. Did very okay. little to protect you know the common man. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, David Dinkins uh, was running for mayor at the time. He eventually won against Rudy Giuliani. All right. So there was a political climate at, at the time as well. The Manhattan DA's office. Was and still is one of the premier prosecutorial offices in the country. All right, mm-hmm. it was led by Robert Morgenthau, who today is still one of the most celebrated legal minds in the country. Um, at 99, they you know they they really still talk you know say great things about him, um, and he prosecuted many many high-profile cases. So if you could be a prosecutor and you win cases in the New York in the Manhattan DA's office, that was really saying something. So there was prestige at the time in having your case tried and won in the Manhattan DA's office. Now, this was a high-profile crime. It had everything a prosecutor needed to basically make their career. It was five young black and Latino men who were accused of this terrible crime uh, um, of, of, of beating and raping and leaving for dead a young white woman. Everything that they needed uh, To make make their names Okay Race was splattered all over this Their pictures were splattered All over every front page in New York At the time So there was going to be Major major Outlash if they didn't get A conviction The way they saw it They had to do everything they could to make sure These young men went to jail And they did do that And that was the prize. It wasn't justice. It was incarceration.
13: No, absolutely right. And Joe, we got a caller. Cliff? Yes, we have uh, Yolanda would like to make a comment about the conversation. Yolanda, thank you for calling. You're live.
5: Yes, I was, as I'm was. i listening to this show. I am, and I watched the Central Park Five story, which really made me really physically ill to think that uh, the so-called justice people that are in charge of justice are prosecutor the police were got away with doing this i think it's great that the central park five were exonerated i think it was great that they got their settlement but when is somebody going to focus on doing something to the prosecutors and the people that caused this to happen we hear stories all the time about people being exonerated and how happy they are and all that nobody does anything to these prosecutors cops judges something needs to be done some kind of punishment. When you know, when it comes to the light, that there was no evidence of the crime, there was no proof, no DNA, none of that, but they still walk around with their lives going on about their business. There needs to be some kind of suspension. Judges removed from the bench, prosecutors not allowed to practice law, even if for a period of time, something needs to happen to these people. And as long as nothing ever happens to them, they keep on doing the same thing over and over and over again. This happened way back then, and we're up in 2019, and it's still going over crooked prosecutors, crooked judges, crooked cops, cops killing black men by the, by the dozens all the time and never get prosecuted. Nothing ever happens to them. Somebody – we need somebody to be able to – or the citizens of this country are going to have to do a serious outcry. Something – Congress, the lawmakers, something's going to, happen to have to happen to these people for it to stop. If they don't do anything, they're going to continue, to, continue this path. And it just makes me sick to my stomach to think that they keep getting away where you get a little slap on the wrist, take her books off the shelf. Um, she got stepped down from a college, but she's still going on with her life. She hasn't been that much affected the way these guys' lives were ripped apart. Now I just hope it comes to a time in this country where something is done to stop these people from continually doing this to people. Thank you.
10: Oh, well, thank you for the call, Yolanda, I'll tell you right now, Joe, that's, I mean the bottom
14: well, line go ahead. Well well, you know, uh, thanks, thank you, for, for for your comments. Um uh from what I understand, there has been a
10: call to this
14: bar, uh Elizabeth Lederer and uh Linda Fairstein. Um Linda Fairstein so far and I may have to, you know, update the stories I've written, has um lost her um has lost her uh, contract she's been dropped by our publisher Penguin Publishing she's also Been forced to, to resign from the board Of Vassar College um, As um, as Part of the backlash from this um, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Lederer um, Has been basically forced uh, the, the, the Black Law, law Students Association At Columbia has forced her to resign Her um, adjunct professor Law professor position At Columbia um, As far as Having them disbarred, I'm not sure where that is. Um, any restitution to them, that, I'm not sure what, what might happen. Um, and they, it could be part of the, uh, the specifics of the settlement. I don't know what those are. Um, it could be m- many things. Um, that's a closed book right now. But I will tell you something you all can do. Go to the polls and vote. And the reason I say this is because the president is not the only person you vote for. In most states, you also elect your DAs in every county, okay? Just like Manhattan, just like uh, Queens, Kings, any county almost in – I think except for maybe a a couple of states, uh, you actually vote in your prosecutors. And you can vote in prosecutors who are going to be fair, who will not put in assistant DAs, who will be rife with prosecutorial prosecutorial misconduct. You can make sure that the people that you put in that try these cases – Do it fairly and in a just way And based on evidence
10: And I'll tell you this Joe And to Yolanda's point Legislators See the actions of these Prosecutors Yeah it's good Look You may get disbarred But you're free You may be able to be removed Off of certain boards But you're free I believe there have to be actions that send a strong enough statement, criminally charge these prosecutors, charge them with a crime, because I'll tell you right now, the lives of these five men will never be the same. The assault the rape behind the wall things that have not ever been discussed that happened behind the wall in prisons all over this country to these boys the guy that went in and did 14 years the oldest guy he was 15 16 years old he came out on the other side of what 30 yes he did the longest time and then for I mean, the young I mean, boys that went through that, Joe, I mean, what are we doing here?
14: Well, you know, I, I should add to this that um, they did try um, – uh, city councilman, Brooklyn city councilman Jemani Williams uh, mm-hmm. did uh, petition um, Manhattan Dist- the current Manhattan, Manhattan district attorney, uh, Sarence Bass, to look over the sex crimes cases that have taken place since that time that have been tried by uh, by Linda Pairston and Elizabeth Letterer, and he, re- he refused to do it.
10: Right. I was just looking at that story, Joe, uh, that he refused to reopen cases handled by Central Park 5 prosecutor.
13: Cliff? Yeah. Uh, Yolanda wants to make another comment. Before she comes back on, you know, this brings up the point of the prosecutorial and judicial uh, immunity. I mean, mm-hmm. the law was put in place to protect them against – you know, basically being sued civilly and things like that if they make a mistake. But we have to deal with the fact that how many of these prosecutors have taken that immunity and abused it? How many of these judges have sat back on the bench? And because they are immune from prosecution, unless they obviously do something extremely, uh, you know, just egregious, but they sit back and they use that law to say, I am going to stand back, let the prosecutor do what they want to do. I was voted in, people who voted me in, I'll stay in place and never, uh, you know, basically rock the boat. The immunity uh, on the prosecutor and the, and the judges is something that has to be dealt with. Because when, when you have prosecutorial misconduct, excuse me, misconduct, and a case is overturned, that prosecutor's immunity should go out the window. At that point, that prosecutor should be open for prosecution themselves, and uh, Joe, let's let's uh, get uh, Yolanda's other comment. Um, okay, I'm sorry, she doesn't have a comment, but yeah, Joe. So so that brings up the issue. We have to deal with that immunity issue. That why are they protected when they are the ones that are found to have committed the misconduct and put young men, boys, in this case in jail for 13 years but the but now you have to campaign to get that prosecutor brought to justice that is a level of injustice that i cannot even explain how bad it tastes in my mouth and i'm sure the mouths of others here in america you know
14: pr- prosecutions DA's offices around the country i'm not i'm not i'll preface this by saying that not every DA not every prosecutor in the country is like this this ravenous beast when to just throw people in jail, you know, willy-nilly and everything. There are some really good Absolutely. people out there who, you know, who actually pursue justice and do make sure that, you know, uh, our, you know, our citizens are protected and that people do get justice. With that said, there are people who, you know, who really are like that. Um, but it comes down to me, again, to a voting issue. Um, this is a time when we should be looking at our, our legislators, state, and federal, and saying to them, listen, what we need to do is make it so that there is equality and equity in in the justice system. Right now, a lot of prosecutor's offices are, are citadels. You can't touch them. You can't, you can't move them. You know, they're, they're more likely to win. In most cases um, in the country, especially in larger cities, what prosecutors do is tell um, defendants to just go ahead and plead. And and they'll and they'll plea and they'll get some time or a fine or whatever and everything and they're you know, they're going about the business. What happens is you have a conviction on your record after this. And a lot of people do that because they're scared that if they fight the case and lose, they'll do serious time. The truth of the matter is, if you if everybody decided not to plea and fight their cases, I mean, it would take decades for your case case to come up. You know? Well, I'm reminded I'm sorry, go ahead.
10: No, Joe. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please go ahead.
14: I'm kind of reminded of the case of Khalif Browder, another young black man here in New York. He was um, basically accused of shoplifting um, and thrown into Rikers Island, which is the the jail here here in New York. Um, and he sat there for a couple of years, and the um, experience there was so traumatic for him that about a year and a half, or maybe two years after he got out he committed suicide all because he sat there that entire time it was it was either 2 years or 3 years and he waited there without trial
10: and was never charged
14: he, he was never charged he waited without trial case never came up turns out that you know they were able to just you know let him go because it was, there was there was nothing against them this and happens so often in cases so many cases that we don't even know about
10: sure Sure. No, I agree with that, Joe, and I wanted to add to your comment, which is so true. Uh, this is why the outcry is what it is. And we, would, we did a show on Khalif uh, Router, and man, the things that young man suffered. So, when, like you said, they decided, well, we, did, we don't have anything to go on. But what you've done to this man, this young kid, and he was abused and assaulted so many times behind the wall at Rikers. He feared because there was some things saying that he may have to go back to jail. They were talking about going after him again, and he said, "You know what? I can't. I can't go back to Rikers Island." And he hung himself on the outside of his mother's house with the air conditioning cord, mm-hmm. where her his mother explained the horror of that of that body banging against that house as he yes. took his own life. So. I think that point, uh, Joe, is, is important to be made. And, again, I agree with you on the voting. We say it all the time. Go and vote. Vote. Do what you got to do. Vote in your districts. Vote in your counties. Do what needs to be done. But I, it, with all of that done, there's something, as Yolanda said so beautifully and so passionately, that – but what is the – the price – had I um, did – To any person in society, what these officers did to these kids, I would be charged with some type of crime. And
13: and another point, Joe, is that, uh, you know, with Khalif Browder's situation, if they had let this young man out on bail, which I mean, that should be a crime in itself. If they had let him out on bail, he would have been free for those three years. And probably would never have committed suicide because he wouldn't have experienced the things that he did of all places in Rikers as a kid. So mm-hmm. the the whole system, you have prosecutors and judges, and then you have the the jail system is set up to keep you locked up so that they can get paid for filling a bed. Those are the issues that, again, like you say, we have to vote against to say this must Change and it must change now we do have another Caller let's get this comment this is Pastor Banks Uh, Thank you very much Pastor Banks for Calling in and you're live
1: Yes Thanks for taking my call I was listening to Joe and I And I surely agree with him On the things he has said tonight They're so true The only thing I think that I would have a problem With is that Suppose you go to the poll And you vote for somebody and they have a pretty good record that they do right, they are fair, and all this. We don't have any guarantees that these people are going to stay that way. And so you can vote them in, but sometimes after people get in and get and start feeling a sense of power, power in the wrong hands is always destructive in in, in any way. But really, you think, well, I voted for this man. And and look what he did. We voted for Senator Bennett here. He treated us like dirt. He said we wasn't his constituents. He wouldn't help. He wouldn't see us in his office. He wouldn't talk to us. We went to his office in Washington. He still wouldn't talk to us. And we we finally uh, uh, done a, a march outside of his office. He didn't have the courtesy. The speeches and said he was not talking to us. We had a real legitimate case of some men, our family, that was put in prison, wrongly convicted. And this man would not assist us at all. When we went to Washington to talk to the other senators in Congress, in fact, one lawyer actually called his office and said, I have your constituents in my office here, and you need to give them some time to hear what they've got to say. He still didn't do it. So I say to Joe, I know we don't, we're not going to be able to resolve everything, and I, and I understand that. But, you know, it's to the point almost if I do go to the poll to vote, and I do believe that we should vote, is the person we choose, are they going to remain honest? Are they going to remain fair and just after they get in there? Or do they become corrupt as the system is? Well, I always
14: tell people, I hope I'm not interrupting you here. Um, I always tell people uh, that your public servants, your, every place, Everybody from your senators and your representatives to your city councilmen, they work for you. And to be honest, they need to be afraid of you.
0: <laughs>
14: really, they, they need to be in a place where they know that, one, they can be voted out of office, two, removed from office midterm if they don't, uh, if they don't do honest business. All right? Black Lives Matter movement, I thought, was a beautiful thing because people took to the streets whenever they needed to to make their voices heard. All right. My my contention here is that if we can organize thousands of people in the streets for something like Black Lives Matter, when one of our young men or women are accosted are, are or abused by police, we can do the same thing for corrupt politicians. You know, you know, it, it, I think it's, it's, it's possible to, to bring people out and say, "Listen, you've done us wrong. You've mistreated us. You've mis- you've abused us, and we're going to use our right of public assembly to make sure our voices are heard and that you change your behavior."
1: And and I think that I think that's I think that's good what you're saying. I I, I guess I'm just somewhat uh, disillusioned with the whole system uh, that has told us one thing. And more and more we're seeing it. I feel like I wake up every day and slavery never stopped because all they did was convert it to the prison system and put black men away in prison. Uh, It's the same mentality that they had when they they were on the plantation. And those type of things make you so sick. to, To think that you put such little value on our black men's lives, their lives do matter. It really does. And I just think we don't have enough voices, and they're not loud enough to really bring about a change in this country when it comes to justice. Uh, I hate to even use that word justice because it's uh, to me it's it's like a, a a joke. It's really not it's really not justice. It's got that big name out there, but when you get to the core of it, you find out that it's not that at all. And I think having experienced it in our family makes me even more skeptical of, okay, you put them in office, are they going to do right by you? I mean, Senator Bennett to this day has not had nothing to do with us. He wouldn't even make a call to the prison And, and the abuse they was doing behind the wall. And so those type of things make you really believe that unless we get enough voices and they scream it loud enough, we'll still be dealing with this same stuff because prosecutors, you know what, Joe? Every person, if you do wrong and there are consequences for it, you're not likely to continue. But well, these prosecutors, ask, where, where, get are the... where are you located?
14: Where are you located? I'm sorry, where, where we're, are you located?
1: We're, we're in Colorado Springs.
14: You're in Colorado Springs. Okay.
1: Um, yes.
14: I would say now is the time because you are disillusioned with your representatives in Congress to start prepping someone. In your corner now maybe a young person there's a lot of young people who have run for public office this past election so that's really encouraging um start dropping right. someone someone now who will, who will who will work for your business you don't want the advantages um everybody's you know you know is you know is is marching for equality and that's fine but what you need are advantages all right and you want to put right. people just like just like everybody in this country they march and they fight for advantage. It's time for you to start fighting for your advantages for yourself. And that means politicians who will give you the advantage. All right. Second part of what I want to say is that, you know, our people come from generations of struggle. So the fight ain't over yet. All right. Do not give up. All right. You know, 100 years ago, 100 years ago, we were in a certain places and we were fighting lynchings. All right. Today, we're still fighting the justice system, all right? Let's not give up because giving up and the alternative is what? So please keep the faith and and send that faith, that same faith, to your children and your grandchildren.
1: Yes, and I believe that. I believe that. And you know what? I, I would never give up. I truly believe that at some point in some time, if you fight long enough, something is going to change. I just think the, the fight needs to become more intense and a, and a lot louder than it is so that the people know what's going on. You know, they even shut the media down here in Colorado Springs and Denver when they, when they wrongly convicted our guys. You couldn't – they wouldn't even care on the evening news. Nothing. 21 agents raid the building. These guys work hard to help – to do something for the government. Uh, and and after they got it finished, and Homeland Security contacted them and told them they're gonna put them in the budget for a hundred million dollars. Well, two weeks later, the FBI raided the building, said they came for financial records, and when they put the push the cart out there for them to go through it, they left the cart sitting in the middle of the floor and imaged every computer in the building, and never did come for financial records. And you couldn't even get one reporter in this city or Denver that would say one word about what happened to these men. I'm telling you, Colorado is its own, uh, uh, i call it Mississippi or Alabama, any of those places that we had an unbelievable uh, time trying to get our freedom in these different states. Let me tell you, I've never seen nothing like it in Colorado. you talking about they all stick together. I mean, the media is not going to talk to you. They're not going to report your story. We had people to call here from Georgia saying we want to know about this story, and they were told your best bet is to back away from this case. This stuff has been concealed. It's time for it to be opened up. We're not going to give up, Joe. I believe that you should fight until the last breath. At some point, something is going to happen. If we get enough people to stand up and not be afraid and say this is wrong and something needs to be done about it, and we make our voices loud and clear, and we join together as a unified people in this country. I believe at some point we're going to see a change in, in, in this country. But I think we will be fighting for the rest of our lives because every time we, we accomplish one thing and get it torn down, they rise up somewhere else. That's what they did with slavery. So we can't hang them from the trees. We can't do all this. We'll build prisons and, and put the black men. Most of the most of the prison consists of black men, and and, yes. and another and, and some other minorities. But it's a it's a sad thing.
14: Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I agree. You know that 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 brings me. Um, and if you haven't read this book, I would strongly suggest reading it. Um, it's called The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. And it's a very yeah, eye-opening heard, book. I
1: heard, yeah, I heard um, about that.
14: Yes, I, I would definitely suggest reading "I become a Disciple." Uh, it, it really, you know, lays out exactly how, you know, this country basically conspired through prisons, you know, to, to incarcerate black men and 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 cripple our, our community. Now, with that said, I don't want to leave out our black women because the same right. types of things that have happened to Khalid Browder in Central Park Five. It happens silently to black women. I mean, Sandra Bland, for example, down in Texas, what happened to her? Atrocious. And she represents so many of our black women, mothers, who are, who's, whose voices have been cut out of this
1: entire, of this entire
14: discussion. And well, we want to make sure that we raise their voices up and their names up as well.
1: That's true. I agree. I agree. Okay, Joe, nice talking to you.
10: Thank you very much. Uh-huh. There you have it uh, Joe, Pastor Banks uh, And uh, Joe What we're going to do, we'll take a quick break uh, Digest all of this information uh, Excellent dialogue And uh, what you're adding and what Pastor Banks Just added is critically important What I'd like to do is get your closing thoughts Joe and, and, and talk to you a little bit further Where do we go from here as a country As a nation How do we pick up the pieces As the the Central Park Five And their injustice is front and center in America. We'll be right back. This is AKC Radio.
15: The criminal justice system has a set of rights created to protect you. But do you think it's really protecting us? You had a right to remain silent. But that really means you had a right to be silent. Doubt it interrogated, suspected. The color of your skin can and will be used against you in the court of law. In their hands, we're incarcerated five times more often than white people convicted for the same crimes. You have a right to attorney during questioning. In some states, 80% of criminal defendants can't even afford an attorney. So an overworked public defender controls your fate. One government employee, countless lives at stake. You had a right to be innocent until proven guilty. But somehow, about 47% of the wrongly convicted are black. And if they do prove you're guilty, they're going to write you a run-on sentence, on average 20% longer than white defendants accused of the same crime. Even if you get out, you're still not free. When you're an ex con they had a right to deny you a bank account, deny you a mortgage, deny you a job, Deny your vote. And if you don't remain perfect with the smallest slip up, smallest infraction, the most honest mistake, you're going to join us, the 80% who come back to prison within five years, as I did. That's when you realize they didn't bring us here to thrive. They brought us here to build this. The plantation and the prison are actually no different. The past is the present. It ain't no coincidence. This was the plan since abolition, to keep us subjugated by creating this system. But I believe in a different set of rights. The right to stand up and be heard. The right to perform a broken justice system and build a new future. We had the right to be silent. Now it's our right to speak up. Do you understand these rights as I read them to you?
16: And rehabilitation costs less and can turn lives around. It's time for fear justice. It's time for smart justice.
13: And we need your help.
10: Ladies and gentlemen to AJC Radio Tonight as we have Had a conversation About injustice The criminal justice system Is broken Uh, We've been honored tonight To have Mr. Joe Gray Joining us And given the insight that uh, he has given Joe, thank you so much for being a part of this show tonight And thanks for coming back with us uh, As we get ready As the time is gone very quickly, but the conversation has been uh, informative without question, and thank you for taking time out of you even the, to get into this conversation. Joe, I'm going to um, do one better. Uh, your passion and, and what, you're, what you've what brought to the show tonight, uh, I believe, stands out uh, uh, very, very much. Um, the, some of the things that Pastor Banks had alluded to in regards to the injustice and and your encouragement of her to continue. And as she said, she's never given up. We continue to fight this fight. Uh, I'm going to send that information to you on those five guys, the RP5, the injustice they have suffered. And I, I trust your perspective uh, on it, and we'll hopefully have conversation with you on it. Are you okay with that?
14: Uh, sure, sure. And thanks again, Lamont, uh, for, for having me. I, I just yes. want uh, to say to everyone, uh, be encouraged. Um, to continue uh, to, to, to fight um, Read as much as you can On this and other cases um, And again you know, Be politically astute Go to your town hall meetings um, Meet with your representatives Your congress people uh, Things like that And hit the polls Not just in national elections But your local elections That's very very important Because these are people Who set policies That affect you directly and locally Everything from you know, Filling in potholes to deciding uh, how cases are prosecuted so it's very it's very inter- interesting interesting and, and very very important uh, that you that you do that um, also everybody can feel free to follow me on Twitter at MJ gray GRAY media um, on Twitter um, and also uh, keep uh, visiting us at thegriocom for more insight and articles on social justice political, uh, politics and culture uh, here in the black community.
10: No, absolutely, Joe. And, and uh, those things that, uh, that that we've talked about tonight are troubling, without question. We know that uh, these are things that I am very grateful uh, to Miss Duvernay uh, for what she has done uh, to bring awareness in this country for the work that you do uh, and and others across this country that are that are really advocates. To try to bring a message to a country, to a nation, to an America uh, that we might understand and see uh, just what we need to do to continue, as you say, whatever the, uh, the resolution steps must that we take. Uh, and again, going to the polls and, and to Pastor Banks's point, uh, you know, we never know who or what. I think, I think what happens many times, uh, Joe, I think the culture uh, is so uh, a part of this problem. Uh, and as, as Pastor Banks said, people get into a particular field, and when you're dealing with the courts, uh, officers of the court and prosecutors and you vote them in, we have to change the culture of the system they are going into. Uh, and for those that t- train and teach these prosecutors to be a certain way, to feel like that it, black lives may not matter, uh, I think all of these things contribute to our problems. Uh, but hopefully – knowing that and the knowledge of that will hope us, hopefully uh, bring us to a point of resolution. I think that's everybody's hope. I would, I would, I would believe so.
14: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's important that we uh, continue to look at similar cases um, around the, the, cult- the country. Um, the Black Public Defenders um, Association, they just met last week in mm-hmm. Baltimore. And it's, um, you know, they tell me, that there are so many central park five cases in so many states around the country. Um, and you know, you don't have to wait for the newspapers and the the media to talk about these. A lot of these cases are public record and you can simply go on, uh, websites of a lot of these DA's offices and dig them up and learn so much about, about what's going on. Um, uh, the, 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 the real lesson here Is get the information and become As informed as possible On these cases Also make sure that if you Are there are rules to, um, to Dealing with Police I'm not blaming Police for everything but there are, uh, there are rules to dealing with police If you are uh, Detained by an officer The first thing you should be thinking Is getting a lawyer you know, one of the things they tell you at every level from, you know, from the government to the streets, keep your mouth shut, all right? Get yourself a mouthpiece. Get yourself a lawyer. That's one of the mistakes that the parents in the Central Park Five case actually made is that, you know, they thought they could just say what the prosecutors and the cops wanted to hear. and They'd be free to go. But what they wanted was a coerced confession, and that's what they got, and that's what started this entire maelstrom. But what they should have done, looking back in retrospect, is – you know remain silent until they could get A lawyer present uh, So that they could have the proper Defense so one of the things that You know I think and that's a, that's a Whole other conversation is to make sure That whatever you do you get yourself some Representation uh, so that You can be properly defended in court too Because prosecutions their jobs Are to prosecute is to get you know Is to get conviction and the defense lawyer's job Is to make sure that you are sprung Free and you have to keep that in mind
10: No, absolutely. Joe, thanks so so much uh, for your insight tonight, for your words of encouragement and uh, your insight on this issue. And again, I'll be in touch with you offline. Uh, I appreciate you taking time uh, out of your schedule. I'm sure you've been busy today and we wish you a very uh, good rest of the evening and would always have an open door invitation for you to come back uh, and be a part of our show and our discussion. We would love to have you. We appreciate it so very much. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Take care. All right, folks, there you have it. Joe Gray, um, giving some insight uh, to this story. Uh, We're not done with this conversation uh, at all. Uh, We will continue. Tell everybody that you know, folks, next Tuesday, uh, we will address a very, very important issue. And that is, where's Hollywood? Where are the notable folks of the African American community that have gone silent in regards that when the Central Park five story happened Oprah Winfrey believed in their guilt she never once gave a platform to these guys and I'll tell you what social media is lighting up as a just cause has set out to ask the tough questions where was Oprah Winfrey when it mattered? We're going to deal with that. It'll be a part one of part two series when Hollywood went silent in the face of injustice. Join us for that next week, would you? This is AJC Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. A very special. Thank you to Joe Gray for joining the conversation. We'll see you next time. This is AJC, Ra- AJC Radio saying good night and take care.
3: it's just us you and us who you were in the park with I don't know
1: names I got lost where did you see the lady what lady
2: the female jogger was severely beaten and raped every black male who was in the park last night is a suspect I need all of them
3: what's going on with my son your son was involved in a rape in Central Park uh-huh. no, no, Wait a no, no, minute. No, no,
2: wait a second, wait a
0: second They saw you rape the lady I didn't see a lady or hit anyone
1: I didn't see any lady Kevin I didn't see any lady I want to see my son right now, right now
11: Whatever he said I did I didn't I don't
0: know Some men on the
2: road Nothing these boys state matches the central facts of the crime. All we need is for one to tie this whole thing together.
6: These tapes are not
7: as clean as the state would have you believe. There is injustice happening here. There is not one shred of evidence. Imagine the frenzy of these teenagers ripping off her are Innocent of these crimes, they are guilty.
0: You know, See like this. What other way they ever do us? I've been having these dreams. I keep hearing these footsteps. And they come closer and closer. That's me. Coming and bringing you home.
3: They said if I went along with it, that I could go home. And that's all I wanted.
9: The police will do anything. Well, what us, it will lock us up, it will kill us. This
0: is my life.
3: I don't think we should admit to something that we didn't do. Okay, we keep fighting.